Um, so I thought, again, a kind of questy vibe. We're going on a quest. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to episode 53 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. And yes, it's been about three weeks. I am well aware of that. And I have been doing stuff in the interim period. I just haven't released any of it, or it hasn't been released yet. But a couple of episodes of Feckin' Metal are in the can, as I stated on Twitter recently. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Feckin' Metal Cast. And another project with an outside source for a different podcast has also been recorded. And actually, I did another episode of a, of a different podcast as well. So I have been busy. I just haven't been releasing episodes on my own feed. Um, also, if you listen to the Feck and Check-In, I recorded one of those as well. So actually, I think since we last spoke, I've probably done about five episodes of various different things. Um, so I've been busy, but I'm recording a bit of a series for Feck and Metal, a three-parter, which is... Um, a deep dive into something I think you'll be interested in as listeners of Feck and Metal. And it's not, I'm not going to release any of the episodes until I've got the three of them done, as I mentioned last time. So I'm just awaiting the final recording of the last episode of that. Um, hopefully you get that done this week. But this is an episode of Ferg's Quest. You heard the intro music there. You know what's in store. We're going to dive into a band that's either new to me which means that I'm discovering them for the first time. Or they're truly new, which means that they formed from 2010 onwards. Before we get into this episode's topic, this episode's band that I've chosen to discuss, I'd like to touch on the last episode of Ferg's Quest, the Universe episode. Uh, I was actually quite surprised how many of you decided to listen to that, where it was a basically an obscure Swedish band from the 80s who released really only one album and then reformed years later and under a slightly different name. But um, it's interesting to me how many people were interested in that, as when I've done kind of obscure things in the past, uh, the interest has been lower. But um, that one seemed to do quite well. I got a good bit of feedback about that. And unfortunately, most regions of people who listen to it uh, were unable to listen to that album, the Universe self-titled album from 1984 on Spotify. It seems to have been region blocked in the US and Canada and also Sweden as well, which is mad when you consider that like Sweden and Ireland are part of the EU. So you you think if it's fr- um, available in Ireland, it should be available in Sweden. That's not the case. The other thing I thought maybe is that some local record contract with the band has prevented it being put up digitally in in their home country um, and then the US and Canada are, are both part of North America so you'd assume that whatever agreement is in the US is also in Canada. Anyway, a lot of you weren't able to listen to that on streaming platforms but it is available on YouTube of course or if you want to go and try and find one of those reissued CDs from a few years ago or just shell out 600 euro for um, an original vinyl. I don't know what your problem is like that's quite reasonable to me uh, but yeah, that was a really enjoyable episode and um, I was able to develop on the format for the first Quest 
uh, episodes or series or whatever you want to call it that I originally included in an episode uh, which was an interview with Tony Martin uh, where I spoke about Nestor and Heavy Load. Um, But this time I am going to be speaking about a newer band. This band is called Unto Others or as some of you might know them, Idle Hands, which is what they were formed as in Portland, Oregon in 2017. Um, So this is a very new-to-me band. I can't say exactly when they came onto my radar. I'm going to guess it was a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty sure it was the song Jackie, which we'll have a little listen to later, which was the one that originally hooked me in. So Idle Hands were and still are under the name unto others, uh, heavy metal mixed with a bit of gothic rock. It makes for an interesting combo. It's not your standard type of heavy metal vocals. The band formed out of the collapse of another band, Spellcaster, who could be described as a more traditional heavy metal band uh, with a milder kind of gothic edge. Spellcaster released one EP and three full-length albums between 2010 and 2016 before disbanding. Um, So Spellcaster had previously been known as Leather Witch, circa about 2009 as well. But uh, back to Idle Hands. In 2017, three members of the final lineup of Spellcaster joined together to form the initial lineup of Idle Hands. And that's Gabriel Franco on vocals, guitars, bass, lyrics and songwriting, Sebastian Silva on lead guitars, and Colin Vranizan on drums. Now, the band adopted a more gothic influence sound than the previous band Spellcaster so I'm just going to play a little clip of Spellcaster here so you can see what I'm talking about So that was a clip of Night Hides the World by Spellcaster from the album of the same name released in 2016. Right, so that's the more traditional metal outfit. Uh, And here's just a clip of the song Jackie I mentioned. We'll have another listen to it later, but this is kind of what they would go on to sound like in Idle Hands slash Unto Others. So singer Gabriel Franco in particular would be compared to Robert Smith of The Cure or Dave Gahan of Depeche Mode. Uh, Yeah, he claims not to have had any real knowledge of goth rock prior to forming Idle Hands, other than the band Sisters of Mercy, of which he said he was a huge fan. Uh, So for the sake of completeness and to validate all this time I spent going down rabbit holes looking at this band, it's worth noting that Franco, Silva and Vranizan also formed a second band in 2017, coinciding with the formation of Idle Hands um, in the wake of Spellcaster. And that band was named Silver Talon. And these are more of a Euro power metal sounding band. And now Franco, Silva and Vranizan would all hang around for the release of the debut EP, Becoming a Demon, but only Silva remains today, with Gabriel Franco leaving in 2018 and Colin Vranizan leaving in 2019. So let's hear a clip of the track Silver Talon from the EP Becoming a Demon released in 2018. 
right, so as you can hear there, kind of more of a power metal sound than the traditional heavy metal of Spellcaster or the Gothic-influenced metal of Unto Others slash Idle Hands. That's becoming tiresome, isn't it? I'm just going to say Idle Hands when it's historically relevant, and then when they change into Unto Others, I'm going to refer to them as that because I'm annoying myself at this stage. Anyway, it's worth noting there that the singer you heard on the Silver Talon song, Silver Talon, wasn't actually Gabriel Franco, as Franco only played bass in Silver Talon and didn't take on vocal duties as well. That was actually Wyatt Howell, who was also in the band Sanctifier and previously of the band Toxic Witch. And just for an absolute savant level of trivia, Silver Talon also features ex-spellcaster member Brian Adams Van Hoosen on guitars. So there you go. Honestly though, once you pop with this shit, you cannot stop. You go down so many rabbit holes um, and you realise that this person was in that person's band and these three people used to be in that band and they were on this label and then they started this band, etc. It's never-ending. It's a never-ending encyclopedia um, and all of a sudden you've got 25 tabs open and you're trying to toggle between them. Uh, but that's that's the fun of it. Now, back to Idle Hands. So, between 2018 and 2020, they released a string of singles, EPs and one full-length album named Mana in 2019. During this time, they toured with King Diamond and Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats and were even approached by Ghost's record label at the time, or still the record label, I think, Loma Vista, uh, a meeting which proved fruitless in the end. After releasing all previous work under small German label Eisenwald, or on their own independent label Lone Fur Fur FIR Records, which had been set up to get Spellcaster off the ground, the band signed with Roadrunner Records in 2020, a move that coincided with their name change to Unto Others. So the band released a statement to the press uh, saying that US trademark law had prevented them from continuing on under the name Idle Hands. Now, a quick search on Rachel Music, which is an online music database where you can review and catalogue music of all sorts of um, genres. Um, a quick search on Rachel Music before they had named themselves would have saved them the hassle of this uh, name change late into their career when they were starting to get recognition under the name Idle Hands. Um, I've read that the trademark which caused the name change was registered in 2014. Now this would coincide with the San Diego, California based alternative rock band Idle Hands, all one word, uh, releasing a split single that year with the band Ghost Parade. They previously released their debut EP in 2013, so probably after that they got around to registering their name, uh, which the other idle hands that we're talking about obviously didn't until years into their career. Um, I'm surprised to learn that more bands don't do this, or that it doesn't become an issue more often. Um, I remember speaking to Jake Rogers, one of the very early interviews on Feckin' Metal, and I asked him about the name Visigoth and if they owned the name, and he said, I think that they did, and that when he did a search, he could only find one other band called The Visigoths, who in fact were split up, um, so he thought it was safe enough to go and call the band that. Um, I remember talking to Stephen Waddle from Oath and the, about the name change from Oath to Oath SC because there were so many other bands called Oath. Uh, Oath SC, of course, is a unique name, so he was able to do deal with it that way. Um, many people will remember Ghost went by the name Ghost BC for a long time, uh, I think in Europe anyway. And then they, I think as far as I know now, they are just ghosts all over the world. But um, yeah, there's, there's kind of those little uh, workarounds that can come into play. I remember speaking to the band Eliminator recently again about this. There's loads of bands called Eliminator on um, 
on metal archives if you have a look and most of them are heavy metal uh, or sorry they're all heavy metal if they're on metal archives and um, that's just heavy metal i meant to say uh, and there's a shitload of them and the lads were having a kind of a joke saying yeah there's loads of bands called eliminator but no we don't own the name so it, it's always interesting to me another band who were featured on the um the uh, bill for the upcoming keep it true rising 2 festival in germany in october of this year which was just released. It's kind of a, a new wave of British heavy metal dominated festival with lots of obscure bands. Some bands making um, doing a reunion. Some bands doing old school sets. Blah blah blah. And um, there was a band called Tyrant, and I'd never heard of this band, so I went and looked them up on Metal Archives Encyclopedia Metallum, and there were twenty four bands named Tyrant, two of whom were in the new wave of British heavy metal. So two Tyrants alone were uh, participating in, or not participating, but were around in Britain at that time. During that short period of a few years, there were two new wave of British heavy metal bands named Tyrant, which I think is hilarious. But neither of those were the one that was listed on the bill for Keep It True Rising 2. Uh, no, in fact, it was a different German band named Tyrant who aren't new wave of British heavy metal. I just assumed that they would be based on the lineup for this year's festival. But it, it just demonstrates that... Um, all the good names have been taken, and if you stumble across one, go and see if it's been registered and go and copyright it. I would imagine if you have any intention of continuing uh, with music as this as your career, that that's one of the first things you would do. But anyway, um, yeah, it's like some bands never plan on getting big, I suppose, and and maybe in the current climate, in the DIY era where they're self-producing or maybe you know, producing in a small studio or a home studio and making their own t-shirts and playing small shows. Maybe they don't they don't ever think they're going to be successful, but I think maybe when you get to a certain level, you should control your name. That seems like it should be very important to me. If you're selling a t-shirt with a name on it that you don't own the copyright to, I could imagine, I can only imagine, it's going to cause problems down the line. But anyway, there you go. So since the name changed, the band has released a single, another full-length album and a Halloween themed EP uh, they're also currently touring in Europe doing a huge string of UK and Ireland dates so maybe have a look at those they then tour the US Canada and Europe again later in the year supporting behemoth and I'm actually going to see them tonight as fate would have it so I was in two minds about waiting until I'd seen the band to record and release this podcast but I think because of the week that's in it uh, St. Patrick's day weekend whatever i'm not going to have time to record an episode after seeing the band tonight for several more days and i don't want to wait any longer before putting this out so what i'm going to do is i'll give a live update after this episode maybe a little small bonus episode about what the band were like what it was like to see them live etc and any any stories that happen uh, during the night probably none will happen but um Yes. So, yeah, they're playing a shitload of dates in 2022. Um, they're touring for most of the rest of the year, by the looks of it, if you go onto their website and have a look there. So, yeah. So let's have a listen to some music. You, may, you mightn't know if you want to go and see them until you hear some of their songs. So let's have a listen to some of those. So the Don't Waste Your Time EP in 2018. Uh, there's a song on this, the opening track, called Blade and the Will. So let's have a listen to the intro here. So it was a nice heavy riff and drums here. I don't quite know what territory we're in yet musically in 
music subgenre wise you know uh, but at about 22 seconds you'll hear Franco's vocals coming in so here's that When the lyrics kick in there and the vocals we know we're not dealing with any ordinary heavy metal vocalist um, and the phrase idle hands is used actually which i think is quite interesting later on we got this lovely little drum fill before the chorus fill is it a fill i don't know i never know drum terms somebody tell me if that's if it's a fill um anyway yeah and then going into the chorus so let's have a listen to that So there we go. The question is, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about suicide? Uh, Don't waste your time uh, is the name of the EP. Blade and the Will is the name of the song. There's a lot of online chatter about whether or not Franco is writing about suicide a lot. Um, as in, as he, he seems to be frequently writing about suicide. This song seems to be an example of that, in just the opening verse. Wandering in darkness, I can't help but feel I'm running out of time and I don't want to fail again. Seems to me that I'm the last man standing here, but I'm still alone and there's no direction for me. In the pre-chorus, my idle hands hold on. Can't hold on. No. Oh no. Uh, what's interesting to me is even the name idle hands uh, is derived from the phrase the devil makes work for idle hands. And this release was released under that band name back in 2018, um, which is... You know, if you're up to nothing, then you'll get up to no good, basically. And just killing yourself is obviously one of the things that would be considered being up to no good, I think. Yeah, sorry for laughing about suicide. Um, but uh, when he says, my idle hands hold on, can't hold on, no, oh no. It's like, is the devil going to make work for his idle hands? What's also interesting to me um, is that's obviously a religious kind of phrase with its roots probably in Christianity, the devil making work for idle hands. And then the previous, or, sorry, the next band name is Unto Others, which is obviously derived from do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Both kind of derived from Christian-y sayings, um, ideologies over the years. In fact, do unto others, is that one of the, it's not one of the Ten Commandments, is it? I'm not sure. No, they're all about what you can't do, aren't they? Uh, do not do this, do not do that, thou shalt not, whatever. Uh, yeah, but it's definitely from the Bible anyway. So they're both kind of tied into Christian-y type of um, ideologies, let's say. But yeah, back to the lyrics here uh, in the chorus. Give me your blessing, ancient fire. Give me the courage, lift me higher. Give me the strength that I desire. Give me the knife. So, is the strength that he desires the strength to kill himself? Then later on in verse 2, um, it says, Running out of options, I have no one, and there's no need to explain your foolish optimism to me. Then later on in verse 2, he says, Running out of options, I have no one, and there's no need to explain your foolish optimism to me. Very dark, uh, you know, when you're feeling down, depressed yourself, other people's optimism can infuriate you. And that seems to be what's happening here. But then in the second variation or iteration of the chorus, he says, give me your blessing, ancient fire. Give me the courage, lift me higher. Give me the strength that I desire. Give me the power. So give me the knife has changed to give me the power. I suppose you could look at that optimistically, or maybe he's looking for the power to finally 
commit suicide or maybe it's about something else entirely who knows but it's hard not to read into this with the sound of the music even the sound of his voice it sounds ominous i will say in the delivery of the lyrics and the tone we'll move on to can you hear the rain also from the don't waste your time ep released in 2018 this is one of the earlier tracks that hooked me after jackie when i went and investigated the band this is featured in their you know most top five played on spotify so it's one of the ones you'll hear first if you're if you're going down that route so let's have a listen to the intro here it's a nice little tempered clean riff which leads into a distortion heavy backing riff This is something Gabriel Franco has referenced in interviews. He likes to mix clean riffs or clean guitar with a distorted guitar. And it's a sound that he kind of strives for with the band. And you'll find it featured uh, frequently on Unto Others or Idle Hands tracks. Okay, so we move along. Let's have a listen to the chorus here. banger of a chorus it's an earworm it's all of those things the sunny days away or whatever he's saying actually he doesn't say sunny days away does he no i've just checked he says sunny days the way it used to be but the way he sings that um it reminds me of oasis actually <laughs> dare i say it. it reminds me of liam gallagher just the delivery sunny days the way it used to be um then let's listen further on in the song he references a wedding day in the lyrics so let's have a listen here you are standing there on a wedding day I still see you when I dream Could you hover me in paradise? Could you carry me into a better life? Cause you would die So as he says there, you were standing there on our wedding day I still see you when I dream Could you harbour me in paradise? Could you carry me into a better life? You would die. So, he seems to be speaking to a a deceased spouse, maybe. Or maybe he's playing a character about somebody who has suffered a bereavement of their spouse. But um, it seems, anyway, that the song, the protagonist in the song, is um, sad about somebody who's died and is maybe asking for help from beyond the grave. Yet it still kind of sounds upbeat. And that's the juxtaposition you get here in idle hands unto others i'm doing that again i'm sorry um that's the juxtaposition you get here with the band that the lyrics are very somber but the tone can sometimes sound upbeat and it creates for this unusual trick of the brain where you're singing along happily to some misery and uh, i think it's actually great it's it's not 
entirely unique like obviously the cure before them and other bands like that um did the same thing but it's just it's lacking in, in heavy metal currently as far as the bands i've heard recently anyway okay and that is can you hear the rain it's the last clip i'm going to feature from the don't waste your time ep but if you're looking for somewhere to get into the band uh, go there it's the first ep official ep released and why not start there but yeah sad song there definitely about somebody who's was married and then the the spouse has died remember years ago when i asked you i didn't mean to make you cry you were hesitant to answer i remember in the night and then can you hear the rain upon my window sunny days the way it used to be all the years are passing on without you all the years are passing right by me so has grief distracted this person to the point where their life is passing them by um and they're fixated upon this deceased spouse and they can think of nothing else and their life now is almost not worth living and they've become preoccupied with the memory um i can in some ways relate to that not with the deceased aspect of it but the love lost and what used to be can play on your mind for a long period of time we move along to the first official Idle Hands full-length album released in 2019. It was called Mana. It's where the song Jackie comes from, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But before that, we're going to listen to track five from the album called Give Me To The Night. Now, it's a nice, faster, rockier riff we open with first here. It kind of sounds urgent. Uh, this was the first single released from Mana. So, let's have a listen. <laughs> here there when the vocals kick in it might be a rockier riff it might be faster it might sound a bit more urgent but there's still no mistake in who the singer is we know we're listening to idle hands here This song has a really standout guitar solo, in my opinion. About 1 minute 41, let's have a listen. Just in case you had any doubt you were listening to heavy metal with those Robert Smith-esque vocals, they hit us with some tasty guitar soloing uh, and riffage there. Now, I just want to go back a bit. So um, earlier on in the song, I just want to back, go back and look at the lyrics in the first verse. Let's have a read of these. Actually, let's play the clip again. Okay, so I wonder what he's talking about here. Such a life without the light. Do you fear to lose your sight? Well, it doesn't bother me because you don't see what I see. There's a devil in my mind and the mysteries of time revealed in the dark. I'm running free. Give to me your energy. To me, I'm wondering, is he talking about a former band member who didn't have the same vision as he did and wasn't able to channel um, 
the darkness into a productive pastime or productive pursuit like writing very dark goth metal songs uh, like Idle Hands did and he's basically saying look you can't really help me but give me your energy um, in the dark I'm running free so that's where he's at peace in the dark uh, there's a devil in my mind we know that already from previous lyrics so um, that's my take on that he's talking to a former bandmate or maybe a current bandmate or he's gone back in time to that conversation I'd say though someone who he used to be in a band with but isn't anymore again just my interpretation. Now let's have a listen to the second verse. Right, so interesting lyrics again here to me. I don't think of all the things that I will never be. I don't think of all the places that I will never see. And I won't get on my knees for the people I can't please. But it seems to be so easy for you. Oh, so do it by yourself. So again, it seems to me that he's speaking to somebody who previously dragged him down in life. Somebody who thought of all the things they would never be. And thought of all the places they would never see. And got on their knees for the people they can't please. That's a fucking line I love. Um, brilliant. And it really captures the mood of the song. He's, he, he's going to do whatever the fuck he needs to do and wants to do for his own creative fulfillment, uh, to follow his own path. And he's not going to pander or kowtow to people who don't fit in with that, who don't fit in with the plan, who don't fit in with his goals in life. And I think that's very commendable. So he says, yeah, it seems to be so easy for you, so do it by yourself. There was definitely, uh, there was definitely some sort of breakup or split here which instigated the writing of this song for me at least, reading those lyrics. And yeah, it's kind of he's spitting uh, vitriol uh, by the end of it. And it seems to be very cathartic for him. All right, so we'll move on, but actually backwards in the album, Mana, to track two, which is Jackie, as I mentioned earlier. It's the track that hooked me into being an Idle Hands fan back then, or maybe when they were called onto others. God, I'm such an annoying cunt. And let's have a listen to the opening riff here. It's another welcoming clean riff with heavy chords in the background and that wistful tone of the lyrics. The reason I've gone so deep into the lyrics is because I think these are certainly more poetic than maybe the likes of Universe, uh, where there wasn't much really to, to any of those lyrics. That was straight up hard rock slash heavy metal from 1984. And, you know, this is more deep, I would say. There's more layers to it. There's some symbolism 
uh, metaphors, etc. So this is more interesting to me to study the lyrics than previous bands. I won't be taking this approach with every single band in Ferg's Quest. It'll depend on the artists themselves and how they write music and songs and what have you. But to me, I've been poring over these lyrics and I find them quite interesting. So let's have a look. I feel the summer breeze. I feel you touching me. Your loving face, just a memory in a room behind my eyes. What a beautiful and poetic way to talk about your brain or your mind. Your loving face, just a memory in a room behind my eyes. Is Jackie male, female, a friend, a lover? Is it a pet? Is it a grandparent? We don't know yet. Give me your love. I need you to stay. Quit your wicked ways. Not sure what that's about. But then let's uh, have a look at the chorus. Oh, Jackie, I miss when you were younger. Jackie, when I was younger too. Oh, Jackie, to be with you forever. Jackie, you, so beautiful to me. Again, that could be anyone. That could be platonic. That could be romantic. As It could even be a dog. I don't know. Um, and if it is about a person, I'm sorry for comparing it to a dog. Forgive me. I'm just trying to uh, delve into who he's talking about. Or who the protagonist, who the character is here that's named Jackie. Because it's unisex and it could also be a dog, let's be honest, there could be a cat even. But the mystery of the identity of Jackie I think actually makes it more poignant as we can only imagine the relationship and the love that they shared. Maybe thinking of the people we've lost or previous relationships and I suppose linking it to our own selves because this song doesn't really give it away who it's about or what it's about. But there's a lot of sorrow here, there's a lot of sadness, uh, a lot of kind of sad nostalgia in a way. Um, and when it's not abundantly clear who it's about, you can only take it into your own life and think of those things that have happened to you and who you miss and why. And that's what I take from this because the song doesn't give me that much, but it certainly gives me a theme and a tone. Moving on here, about 2 minutes 38, um, the uh trademark has been mentioned by a lot of people. I think Tom G. Warrior from Celtic Frost is famous for that. Lots of other bands in modern... Heavy Metal brought that in, uh, Jake Rogers from Visigoth being one, uh, Kyle McNeil from Seven Sisters being another, and it seems to be a trademark of um, Heavy Metal that's made a revival, but this one is a good one, I think. And a lot of people are criticising Gabriel Franco for this, but I don't think it's fair, I think it sounds good, actually. Some people say it sounds forced, or shoehorned in, but to me, it sounds natural, actually. So here, here's that, followed by some really nice riffing. <laughs> Okay, so that's the song Jackie, and that is probably the one I would show the people first if I were trying to convince them to give this band a go, and I have done, actually. Um, it's so catchy, and again, it's like a really catchy, upbeat song about something that's really sad, and it's a unique, well, not unique, actually, but it is one of the characteristics of this band that they can write catchy, almost pop, to something that's very sad and depressing. Okay, at this point I'm going to skip ahead to the album Strength in 2021, which was released under the name Unto Others, so there would be no more messing around with the names at this point. I know I promised it earlier, but I'm such a pedant that I just can't help myself. There's a song on this called Heroin. It opens the album, and it's an unusual opening, actually, based on previous songs we've heard by the band. Uh, it's an unusual opening with a weird instrumentation followed by a heavier and darker riffing than we're used to. So let's have a listen to that.
Alright, so that's the opening. Now, the lyrics of this song don't take too much investigating. I think it's as subtle as a brick through a window. Uh, it's certainly different in style and tempo and, and lyrical approach to previous songs, especially ones I've examined on this episode. So, it's clearly about somebody who's addicted to heroin. Unless I'm missing a trick, there's not much here that's trying to disguise that, that that's exactly what that's about. So let's just have a listen here. We start at the line, Living in Misery. So just examining that, living in misery, no life at all, no one to catch me if I fall, I don't want to die, please help me, I don't know how to stop, I think I'm going to hurt myself, I swear to God, I swear to God, I swear to God, blah, blah, blah. Um, to me, this isn't actually a, a great song, it's just gotten a lot of coverage online, so I thought I'd cover it here. Uh, it's about somebody addicted to heroin, and I can't see any deeper meaning than that, and musically, I don't think it's as good as previous songs that have preceded it, so to me, it didn't really make much sense as the opening track of the album, but it's... Not until you listen to the final track of the album that you might think it makes a bit more sense. So this person clearly is hopeless and is going to die from a heroin overdose. Mother said, father said, no son of mine, sleeping in the cold, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they're kicked out of his house. It's a story you've heard a million times. Got addicted to drugs, kicked out of his house, hopeless. Um, it's like the the rest of his life has been written out from he's going to die and it's not going to be too uh, far away. But the last song on the album is called Strength. And if you take the two songs as two bookends and as a statement or a story, you can perhaps understand the opening track a bit better, uh, with the protagonist or listener being brought on a journey from the despair of addiction in the opening track to the hopefulness of the final track here. So let me just play the start of this. It's called Strength, by the way. I said that, didn't I? Yes. have a look at this broken brother what have we become beating on the workers drum unaware of the hours unaware that we are here the circle closes again no beginning or end the years have closed our dreaming eyes and it's hard to find a friend an hour is over an hour gets away so or I'll actually i'll just continue dying counting on another dime worthless figures counting time honor for those who stay honor when they call my name this, to me, is about the rat race. Uh, it's about, you know, the, the concept and the futility of having to work for a living. And by God, does it sometimes feel futile. Knowing that you're going to have to work every day up until retirement for somebody, most likely, unless you start your own business, which is stressful enough in itself. And yeah, it's basically saying, 
an hour's over, an hour gets away. Uh, the years have closed our dreaming eyes. It's hard to find a friend. The circle closes again. No beginning or end. Unaware of the hours. Unaware that we're here. What have we become? Beating on the workers' drum. It's all looking at the nine-to-five rat race in my mind through a negative lens. And, I mean, sometimes it's hard not to. An hour gets away. Sometimes I'm sitting in work and I think, Jesus Christ, it's Thursday again. A week has got away. A week has passed me by without me even realising it. Honour for those who stay. That's really interesting for me. Uh, to those of you who might listen to the Feckin' Check-In as well, my other podcast, we did an episode a long time back called Clock Watchers. And it was about the concept that you should be expected to stay later than your official finish time in work. And I was chatting to Toomey, my co-host, about this. And we both agreed that that phrase is a bullshit term and that if you're contracted to work certain hours, then there should be absolutely no expectation on you to stay longer than your contracted working day. Now, some people will tell you nothing great was ever accomplished working nine to five, Monday to Friday. Well, that's fine. But I still don't think it's fair for there to be an expectation underlying your contract. Or why not make the contract for a 70 hour week then instead uh, with overtime included in it? It's ridiculous. And I think when he's saying honour for those who stay, it's looking at this this outlook of, oh, if you stay late in work, you're seen as being a great guy and a good company man. And uh, you're, it's, it's an honourable thing to stay beyond five o'clock or six or whatever the hell time you finish. And it's, what's it called? Um, presenteeism. It's become a thing now. It's not absenteeism comes, people talk about anymore. It's presenteeism. It's fucking staying there. I've worked in jobs where people stay there and they're doing nothing. And I can see that they're doing nothing. All they're doing is logging hours, logging time, and pricking around. And I have no time for that myself. But um, this song, to me, it speaks to me in that way. Because I am a clock watcher in many ways. Now, I'm not saying every single day of my life I'm going to log out or log off or go home at the exact correct time. Sometimes I might stay if I feel I need to finish something. But it's not an everyday thing. Not in the slightest. And yeah, I'm watching the clock. I'm going, right, I get to have my free time. I get to have my evening. I get to do my own thing. Which is what life is all about. So yeah, clock watchers. Honour for those who stay? No. There's no honour in that for me. Anyway, about two minutes, 14 into the song, the music increases in tempo and gets more upbeat. Let's have a look at this. song takes a turn here for me and this this is what i was talking about when i was saying these two songs heroin and strength kind of bookend the album heroin being the pit of despair and strength being a beacon of light or hope uh, so it's saying who will fall behind who will go a little further who will climb who i i decide who will earn the right who will take their time who will live or die strength oh how the story goes we can make some money we can all make some but we won't make a living it cannot be done no a sand of gold or silver we can all make some, but we don't deserve to pain when the work is done. Strength. So to me, this is 
the album ending on a high note, more uplifting lyrical and musical direction, saying that we can be strong, we can stand up for ourselves, we can all make some money, we can all make some, but we won't make a living. So go and do the thing that you want to do, that you need to do with your life. Uh, gold and silver are not as important as self-actualization. I'm using the term from business studies uh, from 1998. But uh, very few of us get to realize self-actualization, but maybe when you're in a band, you do. And all more power to musicians, artists, and creative types who go on that path, who risk everything, who travel in vans, who sleep in shitty hotels and hostels, and go on lengthy tours, and eventually get success. I have so much respect for these people. So this song is excellent, I think. Um, it's a great example of a way to make you look at uh, stuff in a different light because when I heard the opening song I was like Ugh, I don't know about this but then when you start thinking about it thematically you're like it starts out badly and it ends in a positive way and it's a journey in between as well I mean you could go deep into all a lot of the songs in between and you could you could seriously read a theme into this but uh, this episode isn't a deep dive on that album I'm afraid I'll let you as the listener do that yourself if you like so um, in between all of that we have another song it's the final one I'm going to look at from this album and from Unto Others in general and it's called Hell is for Children now this is not an original Unto Others song and I didn't realise this when I was listening to it recently when the album came out last year and again it's a really it's another real catchy song it's kind of like Can You Hear the Rain or Jackie in its catchiness and to me it sounded exactly like an Unto Others song that they would have written themselves and um, it's funny because I was reading an interview with Gabriel Franco recently and he mentioned that lots of people, including two previous people he'd done interviews with recently, didn't realise that Hell is for Children was a cover either. But then he tells an anecdote about not realising when he was younger that the Cradle of Filth version of Hallow Be Their Name was an Iron Maiden song until six months after hearing it. And he was going around blissfully ignorant thinking that um, it was... An Iron Maiden song and I think there's kind of um, there's an innocence to that blissful ignorance of, of thinking it's the band and sometimes then for you as a listener that band still owns the song even though you know it's by someone else um, the original time you heard it was with the cover version and for you that's the definitive version even though that doesn't really make any sense but um, I was alerted to the fact by Melissa from Metal Chat with Melissa that this is in fact a Pat Benatar song and I don't know much of Pat Benatar at all, if anything, really. Um, I remember speaking to Joe Sigler when I was doing my Sabbath series, Arc Sabbath. This would have been back in February or March of last year, a year ago, actually, I'd say. And um, he was saying that he loves Pat Benatar's later work and everybody's always going on about her 80s work and he loves her later work. And in context, we were talking about how some people disregard the Tony Martin Black Sabbath albums and only listen to the Aussie stuff and he was making a comparison saying artists have gone on to create really interesting music later on in their careers anyway um, I think this is an excellent song and I'm just going to play a clip of the chorus from Pat Benatar the original artist because hell hell is for children Okay, so you can hear quite catchy, um, quite dark. Hell is for children. What's this all about? And then I'm going to play a clip from the Unto Others version. Because hell is for children. 
up you can see my point where it seems to suit the band quite a lot and to me it sounds like something they could have but yeah i think this is just a it's relevant to touch on because it goes in with the, the dark themes of of the band of this album of their, their general approach to writing lyrics and if we have a have a look at some of the lyrics of hell is for children i won't go as deep into them because it's not an original but just let's have a quick look here they cry in the dark so you can't see their tears. They hide in the light so you can't see their fears. Forgive and forget all the while. Love and pain become one and the same. And if you go on to the chorus, hell, hell is for children. And you know that their little lives can become such a mess. Hell, hell is for children. And you shouldn't have to pay for your love with your bones and your flesh. So to me, it's clearly about child abuse. I have having a look here. It's also confusing. This brutal abusing. They blacken your eyes and then apologize. Your daddy's good girl. Don't tell mommy a thing. Be a good little boy and you'll get a new toy. Tell grandma you fell off the swing. So very dark and fits right in with uh with Unto Others and there's a really nice passage on the Unto Others version around 2.49 where the song gets sped up and it's probably my favourite part of their version of the track I'm going to play that here nice to just compare that to the Pat Benatar section of the same song, the original song, uh, where she speeds it up and, and has a good old scream herself towards the end. So great track there, uh, both versions in fact, um, really suits unto others in my mind and is a nice way to finish off this episode because it's one of the catchier songs even though it's a cover version so um, that might lead you to listening to them if you haven't done so before and giving them a go. To me it's been quite rewarding listening to them and diving into the lyrics and listening to all of the releases and stuff like that and as I said I'm going to see them tonight so I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. I'm expecting it to be a great gig. Um, they seem like any live videos I've watched on YouTube and stuff they seem like an excellent live band so looking forward to that a couple of gigs I'm supposed to be going to this month have just been cancelled well Wasp was supposed to be the end of the month and that was cancelled a few weeks ago well I say cancelled postponed by a month and then Candlemas in uh, the National Stadium in Dublin I just got an email today to say it's been postponed until October so this was supposed to be a heavy gig month for me. It's not going to be as heavy. I'm going to enjoy this as much as I can. I'm off work for the week. It's St. Patrick's week. Uh, we've got an extra bank holiday from the government on the 18th of um, March. There's a lot to be happy for. 
and happy about even though the music i'm encouraging you to listen to is miserable as fuck but <laughs> that's how it goes and that's gonna do it for this episode of the feckin check-in no it's not it's gonna do it for this episode of feckin metal god almighty in autopilot there uh as i said i'm putting the final piece of a three-part series together soon i plan to release those weekly once i have them all done that's the tentative plan anyway featured on a couple of other podcasts you'll be hearing about those soon Uh, have some upcoming appearances on other podcasts as well Uh, generally just business as usual really and um to give you a little teaser about the next Ferg's Quest episode I'll probably do, I've been listening to the band Gotham City, which were a recommendation from Jonathan from Maiden A to Z. They're another Swedish obscure metal band from the 80s. Um, there's so many of those, it's great. It's just that it seems to be an endless supply of them. So I've listened to everything they've released and even stuff that was just demos and that type of stuff. And there's a varying degree of quality there, certainly. But there's some really good stuff in there as well. So planning to put together an episode on them i have a spreadsheet and everything it's getting ridiculous it's getting silly but there's so many releases to keep track of and unofficial releases on the timeline of them and different versions of songs on different demos so that's on the cards but i won't i won't commit to a time frame but if you want to go and investigate them in advance please do so be my guest and then maybe you can come into the episode with a more uh, more knowledge about the band uh, i also recently purchased after being on a zoom call with melissa there from metal chat with melissa i also recently purchased the new wave of british heavy metal encyclopedia by malcolm mcmillan I have it here in front of me it's like a bible <laughs> well it is in some ways uh, 754 pages long small text and it documents over 500 different different new wave of british heavy metal bands not releases mind bands to think that there were 500 different acts who fell under the new wave of british heavy metal is insane to me and it doesn't cheat by throwing in people like motorhead and judas priest or anything like that this is pure noobum so that's another thing that i'm going to reference and get into and use as a tool to maybe determine which bands i might do an old ferg's quest on in the future so that's also feeding into my approach to podcasting for Feck and Metal for 2022. I am going to leave you with the song Downtown from the 2021 album Strength by Unto Others. That's going to do it for this episode of Feck and Metal. I've been your host, Fergal Trainer, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>